Disclaimer. The following podcast contains explicit language and adult content. The content may offend some listeners. Relax and don't be a hater. Hello. Welcome to a walk in the park podcast. (laughs) This is Riss. And this is Babs. And in our podcast, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of wine, cake, laughter, friendship, success, families, fun, the extraordinary. We're happy you're listening. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I love it. Let's just get this walk started, baby. Woo-woo. Hi, Riz. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday and Happy New Year. <laughs> I often true. wonder how long you can say that for. <sighs> Good question. I think you can say it for all of January for sure. Yeah. And I especially like on a podcast when you haven't done an episode since the last year. I think you can. Correct. I agree. And also if you haven't <laughs> said it to somebody yet, right? I mean, it is possible right. you're in situations where, you know, I mean, right now we're at kind of at the end of January. It's January 23rd. But still, there are probably people in my life that I haven't communicated with yet via text, email, phone, whatever. I'm still wishing clients, you know, happy new year. If I oh well, there you this go. Is the first communication I've had with them you know happy makes new year sense. hope you had a fun and relaxing or you know wonderful and relaxing holiday season etc cetera, etc cetera. let's get going yes exactly exactly I was with a couple of friends last night out to eat and a couple of them I hadn't seen since last year so I was like happy new year even though mm-hmm. you know it's January yeah. 22nd whatever yeah yeah so good. where'd you go what'd you eat um, I went to, um, I think it's called from the earth brewery. It's on the other side of 400 here hmm. in Roswell. So in East Roswell. Yes. Um, from the earth it's, brewery. Is it yeah. new? No, I think it's been around for two or three years now. Um, All right. So relatively new, relatively new. And it's a really nice place. I mean, they make good beer if you like beer, but they also have really they have always have good bartenders, so they always make good cocktails, and they always have fun cocktails to drink. Like the one on the menu, I think it was leaving on a jet plane. Uh, <laughs> it's like things like, like that. Right, right. And their food is excellent. It's it's really good food, and I don't say that very often of places here in uh, Georgia because I'm I, I'm from New York City. Everything to me pales in comparison. So yeah, they have it makes good food. Sense. So I will say Roswell, just even that area, they're very into their, you know, breweries and whatnot in the last five to 10 years. Like right. I just quickly Googled from the earth brewing company and it says, this is just, you know, a general description that you'd get on Google or it says as the first brew pub in Roswell, from the Earth strives to provide locally sourced cuisine, world-class beer, and craft cocktails in a fun, easygoing environment with great service. I'm looking at the address of this, 1570 Holcomb Bridge Road, and I'm trying to think if that was over by 
that restaurant. Aqua Blue, right yeah. behind it. Okay. I was going to say that seems, seems, uh, okay. Well, cool. Maybe we'll have to go there when I'm in town next month. Oh yeah. I think you'll really like it. It's a nice vibe. It's relaxed, but it's, it's, it's a nice place. It's a nice place. I know. I guess we'll see. We'll see how COVID is going. <laughs> yeah. They do yeah. have a whole thing about COVID safety on their, their oh. website. Uh, so it wasn't like, anyway. unlike any other place, the staff was wearing masks. Nobody else was right. Right. Yeah. And they, if it's, if it's decent enough out, when we come, we could even sit outside. They have, they have a bunch of heaters and stuff, but yeah. But if we do decide to go there, I just need to know, I'll make a reservation. You have to, you do have to say inside. Otherwise they will stick you outside. Oh, interesting. Okay. So kind of like the reverse, I guess in winter, that makes sense though. True. But I never would have thought of that, but yes, when we went there, we had a reservation, but they were going to put us outside and we were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so not we did today, not my friend. Clear, and we did not know that. So now we know. Right. Well, so one of the things about January and it goes into February, as you know, is uh, I'm in the past several years, I've been more focused on Mercury retrograde. And I can't remember exactly when is its existence first entered mine, but someone at some point in time, again, not that long ago, said to me, Mercury is in retrograde by way of explanation for what was inexplicably glowing wrong around me. Oh, I've I've become a believer. Gotcha. That makes um, sense. For listeners who don't know, I mean, I guess since I only really became aware of the concept of Mercury retrograde within the past, you know, several years, some people might not know what it is either. Mercury retrograde is an optical illusion during which the planet appears to be moving backward from our viewpoint on Earth. So optical illusion, you might think, oh, yeah, then it's not real, but it has real effects, people. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm going to say whenever Mercury is in retrograde, my technology devices, internet connections, electronics, they just start glitching, failing, not working. And it is beyond annoying. And, uh, so I wonder if that also minutes. falls in line with the scientific evidence that shows when the sun has those bursts of radiation that come off, that definitely affects all cell phone usage and other various radio waves. So I wonder if that is, has any sinking or it might, it might not, but it's, that's interesting. I think there has to be something about the placement of the planet relative to earth, whether it looks like it's moving backward, whether it's actually moving backward. The reality is, you know, the planet's, Mercury and Earth are in um, relation to each other in a certain way during these retrogrades. And so I absolutely believe there is something scientific and we could probably find something. But the current Mercury retrograde we're in started on January 14th and it is lasting until February 3rd. And that's according to this Time Passages app that Naomi, uh, my oldest daughter, shared with me. She's really into astrology and crystals and I do actually, listeners can't see it, but I can show you here, Marissa. I, Mercury and Retrograde, I started looking at my crystals and I'm like, I was going to ask you if you were using crystals. 
So I think, I think I pulled these. I did a little research. So I have a little blue lace agate here, which is good for helping like keep you calm. Uh, I'm going off the top of my head here. So apologies to any people with more crystal. Expertise. You need a bigger, you need a bigger one of those. I'm just saying you I need do. like a bolder no, size I, one in your backyard. Pretty, <laughs> pretty tiny. It's like the size of the tip of my middle finger. Uh, got some <laughs> rose quartz, which is, you know, just to promote like love, love and okay. All right. happiness. Got some crystal quartz, which has some kind of, uh, well, it can amplify the other crystals you have, make them stronger, but it's also like a little cleansing as well. So it can okay. cleanse like, negative stuff out of your aura. And then some uh, citrine, oh. which is good for communication. And that is apparently another thing that goes a little wonky during Mercury retrograde, like miscommunications happen, people get their feelings hurt, you know, they're misunderstood, they're not explaining themselves clearly. So I've been keeping these, sometimes I hold them in my hand, but I've been keeping them here on my, my desk just to remind me, you know, to be a little more aware. Um, and I found this one site, so again, not to dwell on Mercury retrograde too much longer here, but Within the retrograde window, I guess, there are other possible things that are happening. And so this one site, which I think this is hilarious, it's Shondaland.com. Mm -hmm. No idea if it has anything to do with Shonda Rhimes, but it was just one that kind of went through what you could expect relative to your horoscope, like your zodiac sign. And it talks about like, so, you know, you were in Mercury retrograde starting January 14th. And then apparently on the 25th, Mercury enters the stabilizing Capricorn. So it's just weird. It goes through different like Zodiac positions that could have right. different effects. So you might feel one way, you know, up until Tuesday. And then on Tuesday, you might find yourself with a bunch of different problems. <laughs> yeah oh my okay. god but speaking of problems of course there's always lots of problems in in current events uh yeah as well, well. We, got a, we got a big one going on in uh in um the ukraine and russia and i've been following it on it uh, for like about two months now is really mm -hmm. when we've been seeing it and I saw a piece this morning on the news how, well, first of all, I'm not, you know, in looking at the bigger picture, I just think I was telling my husband last night, this is funny. I just looked at him and I said, invading other countries is so 1910. Like I'm over it. Like why would anybody at this point want to invade other countries? Like it's, it's, it's not even a thing. It's like you have your space. Now stick to it. You can protect your borders, but outside of that, it's enough already. Just, I just think he's, this is over the top and ridiculous if you ask me, but I don't, I, and I was trying to actually figure out why in hell um, Putin wouldn't even want to have Ukraine. He's already got Crimea and he's already got access to the waterways over there. I don't know why he needs more, but maybe I'm just missing something. Maybe there's just, something I'm missing. Well, I don't, I'm sure, you know, 
for people like us who are just, you know, citizens of the U.S., no security background, no security clearances, intelligence clearances, anything like that. I mean, I do think, I mean, Putin definitely seems to embrace being uh, per, perceived as or projecting himself as like a loose cannon cowboy. I'll do what I want. Nobody tells me what to do. Um, I read that his main goal is to prevent the Ukraine and other Eastern European countries from joining NATO. Correct. Like he doesn't so, want them to have the same. Well, it's twofold. He doesn't want to have them have perceived that they can have their own freedoms in their own democracy, because several years ago they went up against whatever Russian dictator was there at the moment or whoever was in power. And they took him out because they like the idea of democracy. So if they have that ideal, then it might spread to Russia and he can't have that. So that's that's what was part of what I saw this morning. And that made sense to me. Well, and I think, um, well, yes, because Putin is already, you know, over the past couple of years, you know, he keeps figuring out squirrely ways around the fact that Russia does actually have term limits. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, last I knew, and he somehow, you know, keeps putting off elections or coming up with excuses as to why he should still be president, even though he should be um, term limited. Right. But so, I mean, the other thing, the more geopolitical thing, I guess, as well, because you're like, well, why would you invade other countries? And I mean, there is some talk about Russia is just looking to extend again its sphere of influence. You know, when it was the yes. Soviet Union, it controlled all these Eastern European countries, whether directly or indirectly. And I mean, part of it was, and I think Putin is just, I think he's maybe leveraging nuclear weapons dialogue just to make people a little more anxious because part of it was he doesn't want these countries like the Ukraine joining NATO because then NATO might put nuclear weapons, um, you know, in that country. And if a nuclear war ever happened, that would like the closer the launch sites are to Russia, the less notice Russians have that they're being attacked. Right. And so, you know, Putin, I think I read in a recent Sunday New York Times was threatening like, well, we're going to reposition our nuclear weapons close to U.S. border or you know, not closer so that the U.S. would have less like five minutes warning. And I read something about Russia has this hypersonic sub, apparently. Mm. And it's they're making, you know, references back to the Cuban Missile Crisis. And it's like if Russia has this hypersonic nuclear sub. So I was reading it goes five times faster than the speed of sound. Um, you know, they could get right up close to Washington, D.C., launch a nuclear weapon and Washington, D.C. has less than five minutes. Right. Notice, notice that it's coming. Um, so, and, you know, why is Putin doing this? Because he's a megalomaniac or, you know, a narcissist. And he doesn't like that the U.S. is focused more on its relationship with China and right. giving all the attention to China because we consider them, you know, more of a global 
threat or a global power than Russia. So I think there's several variables, but also Putin could just be playing the game correctly in a sad way, because if he's threatening war, is NATO really going to let the Ukraine in? Like he'll probably get what he wants just by threatening it. Right, right. No. It's 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 very it's very interesting, but I just don't. I I mean I obviously I understand the implications and I understand what's going on, but I just don't understand what f- pushes you down that path. It's just dumb That's at this point. It's dumb. <laughs> it's like Russia doesn't need more. They, you're fine. Well. You're good. <laughs> and of course that you know that's what we would think from the outside looking in from the inside it's like the same thing with the united states right people looking at us from the outside probably think in many regards we're not that dissimilar to russia we don't extend our sphere of influence by right. threatening nuclear war or threatening to invade countries but we use our quote unquote soft power you know we punish people economically or financially we make their lives in their countries worse because they're not doing what we want. Like we have this ongoing, you know, these ongoing embargoes with Venezuela because they have this autocratic, you know, horrible dictator there. And, um, you know, we're making, the U.S. is making life very uncomfortable for Venezuelans because of who they, you know, put in power. So, Some people would look at us and say it's kind of hypocritical for the U.S. to try to limit Russia's sphere of influence simply by saying, you know, what we're what we're saying, which is like, you can't interfere with another country's, you know, sovereign decisions and et cetera, et cetera. Um, Because we still I mean, we're, again, less militaristic about our our how we control our sphere of influence. But right. So, yeah, so a little bit of that, too, like Russia is breaking the acceptable diplomatic mode. Um, But I was reading somewhere, too, again, probably in that New York Times article, where I think there was a vote at the United Nations against the U.S., and it was literally like 184 to 2, and it was chastising the U.S. for these, these sanctions that, uh, we have against Venezuela. Hmm. I'd have to, I'd have to fact check that, which speaking of fact checks, did you say you had a few that you wanted to share for things that? Yeah, but they're relative to other things. Not that. Uh, Well, not Russia. Russia. But uh, yes, yes. I mean, all right. So yeah, so that's just interesting. I don't know. Sorry, listeners. Just the thing that struck me about Russia and Ukraine and just, seeing it continue to play out was like, goodness gracious, this feels like my childhood in the eighties. I mean, right. Absolutely. And that's, that's why I said that to Chris last night. I'm like, this is so circa 1917 when people were invading (laughs) other countries and starting world wars unnecessarily. Like this is, this is an unnecessary, uh, this is just him being angry that there could potentially be a positive or democratic sphere influence on his own country. So he better squash that. And that's all, all I think this is, but whatever. Which is sad. It's sad, sad, sad. Doesn't help well, anybody, but when you're a mangalomaniac, that's the way you, you operate, you know? <laughs> 
Well, before we turn to, you know, one of our favorite topics, alcohol, what other, what other current <laughs> events are going on in the world that make us want to drink? I know you've been watching the Australian Open, which of course. Oh, yeah. So. Begs the Novak Okay, Djokovic. so just to back up, football <laughs> has been irritating me. So that, that's one big reason. Um, although I, as much as I wanted to see San Francisco lose last night, uh, because they beat the Cowboys. I was even happier that Green Bay lost because just because Aaron Rodgers, I can't get behind his philosophy of not being vaccinated, which leads me to another point. Our friend um, Djokovic and everything that's going on with the um, Australian Open and, and these sports celebrities not being vaccinated and not being able to play their sports or whatever. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong here. Sorry to interrupt, but I read read somewhere that Novak is, or at the time I read it, was then only one of three players in the top 100. I'm assuming that's just on the men's side who weren't vaccinated. So most of the top male tennis players in the world are vaccinated. Yes. So that's, that is true. Um, But I think that, what makes his case so odd was that he was doing all that traveling prior to walking into the country. And I know that a lot of the players who came to the Australian open were already in the country for the, at the minimum two weeks prior. So they were already not only just vaccinated, but they were already in the country and doing whatever it is they thought was necessary. They they weren't flying around or lying on their visa, but I, you know what the whole thing with Djokovic is just, I don't know. It's all very screwy and I wish he was at the Australian open, but now it looks like it might affect what happens to him at the French open because they're being very strict over there now. So we'll see. That's not until May. We have some time. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, for all we know, all of these big tournaments could be pushed out like they were last year. So anything can happen. Um, So that's all I can say about that. Well, I think so. The thing with Djokovic, which to me, it's just fascinating how many people who don't even watch tennis are now so invested in this. Like my brother, yeah. one of my brothers who doesn't even know who it is, like randomly texts <laughs> me that he's happy, you know, that that tennis player, um, that Australia kicked that tennis player out. What a loser and how selfish of him. And I'm thinking, you don't even know. This is one person, like with one person. Yeah. Um, who has no effect on you, no effect on the United States of America. I'm like, don't, you know, settle down. I mean, yes, the reality is Djokovic has chosen not to get vaccinated, which is a choice I do not, a decision I should say I do not respect. And uh, so, you know, he has to accept the consequences of that. What bugs me is Tennis Australia and the Australian government definitely played a huge factor in effing this whole situation up and causing it to become the international spectacle that it was because they did give him a visa. They did let him get on a plane to Australia. Like they could have not given him a visa and he would not have been allowed to board a plane to Australia and he never would have been in the country. And then for them to keep him in detention because, you know, he's not going to get any special treatment um, because this is what would happen to people 
regular people. And I'm thinking, well, no, because you wouldn't have given regular people the visa. You gave him a medical exemption visa. You knew he was coming to the country unvaccinated. You let him in. And really they could have, I mean, it would have been a story anyway, if they just said, nope, you can't play, but it wouldn't have become what it became. Right. Right. So I think tennis Australia and the Australian government both suck here. And do I wish that Novak was vaccinated and playing in the Australian open? Yes, I do. Do I feel sorry for him that he's not playing in the Australian open? No, I do not because he had something within his control that would have enabled him to do so. But I do feel badly for um, how he was treated by the Australian government. And I think it's pretty shitty. So, uh, and it makes me sad just because I don't know. We'll see what he, we'll see what he does. I mean, I, like you, I saw the French open said, well, it was weird because, you know, they're making it sound like, okay, you have to be vaccinated to play the French open. But then when I drilled down and read, they were, I mean, I guess it's because even though the article I saw wasn't clear, the French Open would be considered like a public venue because basically Paris is saying, you know, to eat in restaurants, to go into public spaces, you have to show you're vaccinated. Right. So obviously, since Novak would have to go into Roland Garros, which is a public space, they're saying, well, you wouldn't be allowed in because, you know, but I don't think France as a country is like Australia currently where they're saying you have to be vaccinated to get into the country. Right. So that's- Australia's laws are really, um, really tight right now. As a matter of fact, um, they were commentators for the open were even saying how they were surprised how many people were in the stands uh, because they're on lockdown. They're on perpetual lockdown. Um, wow. So that, yeah, that seems inconsistent. So, yeah, there's it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. That's why I was like, well, you know, there's a there's a side of me that thinks, well, but Djokovic knew. They all knew his camp. That's why I, his camp knew how strict they were. But on the flip side, it's like, why did you bother giving him a visa? Then why did you get bother giving any of them a visa? Like yeah, you gave you gave him a visa. I respect, <laughs> I respect Australia's right to control yeah. its borders and make its decisions as to whether they want to let unvaccinated people into the country. I have no problem with that. I have a problem with the execution here because they gave right. him a visa. He, I mean, he didn't forge a visa. I know some people are like, oh, he lied on his application or was misleading. I'm like, whatever. The, the reality is Australia gave him a visa They knew he was coming in unvaccinated. And if it was that critical to them not to have unvaccinated people in the country, then they shouldn't have offered medical exemptions. Now, I read somewhere that the Australian government told Tennis Australia more than once in November and December, we're not letting unvaccinated people in. But then again, who issued the visa? How do you get on the plane? And then that's where I wonder, you know, there's some disconnect between the federal government of Australia and the state governments, right? Like the state of Victoria, where Melbourne is, they 
are like, well, maybe the federal government lets you in, but we're not letting you in here. Right, right. And, and that's, that's where weird. it gets a little gray, right? I mean, well, that's I weird to us as yeah. Americans, right? Because once you get into this country, you can move around yeah. wherever you want. That's just part of like actually the Constitution. <laughs> right. Um, and, and relative to U.S. citizens, but you know, anyway. Well, yeah. So, so how is the Australian Open going? I've watched maybe five minutes. I don't know any results. Don't tell me what happened in on the women's side. Uh, I would probably. Well, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you too much about it because I've been watching men's. Um, I did see something. I fell asleep to one match last night. All right, don't and tell me that's probably the No, no, no. I'm not even going to say who was in it. I just thought it was fascinating that this particular person was losing, but I I was happy about it. So there it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> like, <laughs> But here are my little pieces of of information. So we were talking last week while we were on the phone. Um Anna Samova, is that how you mm-hmm. say her name? That's how it I was say her it. it was her father who passed away. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. And then I don't know who, if you know who Jessica Pagula is. I do. And I was watching her match last night. So don't tell me anything about that. Okay. Okay. It wasn't about the match. The, the okay. fact check is, did you know that her family owns the Buffalo Bills? Heck yeah, I did. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> I also <laughs> I think they own lot. the Buffalo. I think they own the Buffalo Sabres. Oh yeah. I knew that from early when she was on the scene. Um, only because it was mentioned at some point during her match. And then I thought, well, I thought, okay, that's cool for her, her family, they're billionaires. So, right. um, Not to say that, you know, but I'm like, okay, well, obviously you could afford, you know, your trainers and flying and all that. Yeah. I mean, it's nice for her. I mean, and she is ranked high in the world now, but you know, when you're a player coming up, you know, a lot of the tennis players, it's like, it's hard. They can't have coach, you know, they can't afford the stuff. But anyway, yeah, I try not to hold it against her that her family owns the Buffalo Bills. But I was thinking, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, the Bills are in the playoffs. So who's her family supporting? Are they back right. in Buffalo? Or are they here at the Australian Open with her? Oh, so, yeah, that's a good point. I hope her um, mommy's with her. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anywho. Yeah. Well, who's left on the men's side? I mean, it's not even that far along. They're still like, are they even in the round of 16 yet? No, this was the round. This was the fourth round. round? They're just, they're four. They're just. Fourth round is round of 16. Okay. Yeah. So they're just starting it then. Okay. Because I always forget. They're a day ahead of us, right? Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's tomorrow, kind of like early afternoon. It's Monday, early afternoon in Australia. Right. So they're wrapping up a little, you know, they're in the middle of those matches right now. So I was just watching um, Nadal play his match, although I saw a lot of it yesterday. And then um, I was watching Shapapalov's match against Everett. So I won't give the results of, of out of that. So, <clears throat> but that was, did, did I watch anything else yesterday? I don't think on and off I was watching because the uh, to go back to my comments I've been making over the last five years the tennis channel on ESPN just can't get their shit together when it comes to <laughs> programming so it's like you're perpetually watching the same match and it's like 
all these other matches are going on. You can't watch, you can't post another match. Like I love Rafa. I watch him all day long, but not the same match every day for two, two days straight. It's just the only match I'll put on. I wonder how, um, so I think some, some of it has to do probably with other, um, business negotiations. So for example, we have the tennis package on direct TV, so I can see a lot more courts and matches that are being played, but since that's a pay for service, my guess is that, um, the tennis channel and ESPN maybe aren't allowed to show all those other matches. Yeah. That's what Chris said. Extra for them. And this only, this has always been the way. So up until through this first weekend of any major tennis tournament, we here at the Alexander household always have access to more courts than you could see otherwise. And then of course the tennis channel gets a little bit more because I feel like ESPN only really starts coming in. They really only focus on the bigger matches and at the end, although I thought I read somewhere tennis channel, I thought that they, Oh, that was probably the masters 1000 tournaments. Okay. Cause ESPN always swoops in and picks up, you know, the semifinals and the finals, right. Tennis right. channel get those. They show them on tape delay after they've already happened, but right. Um, but yeah, this year I remember tennis channel saying they were the exclusive carrier of all of the masters 1000 tournaments from beginning to end. Um, but yeah, they still suck. I know. Well, it's enough to make you want to drink, right? Marissa? I know. Yeah, you, I said know. You, you, had, you said you had a drink you wanted to share. Yes. It's called the long drink and it's a finished drink. The long, uh, is it the long drink or the long finish? No, the long drink. The long drink. Hold a on, finished just, beverage. It is a finished beverage. I took a picture of it last night to show. Finish yeah, the long Finland people. Yes. So it's called the long drink. It's the legend of 1952. It's Finnish. And they're, the two that I know of right now that are sitting in my refrigerator are uh, gin-based drinks infused with either cranberry or the other one is infused with grapefruit. Um, and quite frankly, they're lovely. They're probably good summertime drinks. I plan on bringing them to Seaside and sharing them because I think everybody would like them. They just really taste like Interesting. I, like uh like soda, but they're not. They're 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 really so looking good. on their website, yes. They kind they are reminding me a little bit of what's become very popular in this country, which is the hard seltzer. Right. They which I don't like. Of, this does not taste like that. Okay. This tastes better. I mean, it's the same alcohol by volume, so you're not getting a lot of bang for your buck with these right. drinks, but right. they are lower calorie. Mm -hmm. Uh, but okay. So here you go. Here's the difference. So the long drink, a refreshing citrus soda with a premium liquor kick, unlike the seltzers made with fermented sugar, long drink is a true award-winning liquor that is smooth, refreshing, and doesn't leave you with that full beer feeling. Okay. So there's no fermentation. Hmm. Okay. I don't understand. Carbonation. Yes, but not fermentation. But not. Well, not fermented sugar anyway. Uh, huh. Interesting. How many calories does it say? Uh, did not say. It's good. It was really, like I said, I will bring some with me to 
our beach trip. And uh, we can all share them because they're, they are lovely. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess they're not going to put their secret recipe on their website, but darn it. <laughs> I know. As you said, the roots of long drinks go back to the 1952 summer games in Finland when the country of only 4 million people was still recovering from world war II. Concerned with how to serve drinks quickly enough to all the visitors, the government commissioned the creation of a revolutionary new liquor drink. And so the first long drinks were born. Nice. And yeah. I like the name of it. It's a long drink. A long drink. <laughs> um, and that's what we need. <laughs> that's true. When you're sitting on the beach, you need the long drink. You can't just. I need know, a long drink now. <laughs> you, just can't get, you just can't get drunk and, you know, then roll around in the beach all day. It's bad for your oh, health. Oh, <laughs> Of course, the other alternative, which I just don't even really get is to go non-alcoholic, which I was Ugh. telling you, I saw this article, six mocktails your guests will actually enjoy. So it was in kind of the wedding section of the Sunday New York Times. Um, oh. I know, which I guess, sure. Okay, if you're at a wedding, maybe you want a mocktail just to feel more festive. Right. I'm not going to read all the, the recipes, but I just thought... This one. Do they have cool a, names? Well, no. That's I'll, a bummer. Oh, yeah. There's a raspberry jalapeno fizz, a berry yeah. smash, yeah. a mellow margarita, yeah. a red hot, yeah. a tender a tender heart bear. All right, that one yeah. might be a little more interesting, and a placebo medicine. All right, so it's all right. Of, well, so the mellow margarita. It says. Love a good margarita. This non-alcoholic variation features, I don't even know how to say this, aplos, A-P-L-O, Oxant, Grav, or Agu, S, which they say is a hemp-infused non-alcoholic spirit that calms and uplifts without the negative effects of alcohol. Or THC. I mean, just said hemp, right? I wonder if that's what's in it. Okay. So that that was interesting. That is Um, interesting. Let's see. The tender heart bear it says it's a version of the jungle bird a classic tiki cocktail okay okay <clears throat> help me a lot uh but it has pineapple juice lime juice an aperitif syrup a demerara syrup i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right d-e-m-e-r-a-r-a some bitters some molasses bitters one dehydrated lime wheel. What's that? Hmm. What? Like one dehydrated lime wheel. Oh, okay. And then All the right. last one with the interesting name, placebo medicine. For ginger fans, this mocktail has a balance of smoke, spice, sweet, and sour. Okay, let's see. Does not sound good. Two ounces of black tea, half an ounce of fresh lemon juice, a quarter ounce of honey syrup, which you make by mixing a cup of honey in a cup of hot water, okay? Uh, spicy ginger syrup, a gentian root tea, which I guess is the leaves. Uh, okay, That's a, a lot of grocery shopping. Of, it's a bunch of tea with some <laughs> ginger. That's all right. That's a flop. I'm not doing all that grocery shopping. It's, right. it's, it's, it's a mixer. And some alcohol. I can't do all that. Yeah. (laughs) 
Amen, sister. Amen. <laughs> Lord only knows. I know. Oh I know. So actually, um, switching gears a little bit, we did something a couple of weeks ago on uh, Facebook that you initiated. And I'm wondering if you've gotten any feedback from it. It was a kind of not a book club, but I, that for lack of a better concept or um, it was the opportunity to receive, like put out books out there, but also receive some. So yeah, I was wondering so this- if you knew how that was going. I, well, I can report on my end. I mean, I, so yeah, so it was a book exchange, which, you know, I think it goes back to almost like the chain letters from our childhood where it's like, but to me, I was like, sure, I send one book and maybe I get some books back. Um, So, so far I've received five books Nice. and here's the thing. So for example, I invited you to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. And in order for me to receive books, the people I invite to do it need to, their invited people need to participate because they're the ones who would be sending books to me. So like the people who who I invited have been sending books to my friend, Rachel, who last I checked, she had gotten six books and that was a while ago. But yeah, some people are like, oh, I participate this and I never get any books back. And to those people, what I'll say is, well, you're picking people who are not participating. Like it's your friends that aren't participating and that's why you're not getting any books, um, potentially. Got it. Yeah. So that could be the first breakdown. Um, Yeah. So I keep trying to inspire more people. Yeah. To me, I'm like, okay, it's worth it. I'm not being asked to, it's not like I might be asked to send six books to six different people, right? Right. I'm being asked to send one book. I had one friend who um, messaged me on the side and was like, yeah, I'm so sorry. She's like, I'm just weird about giving out my address to strangers. I was like, okay, well you are, you know, you have to give your address. And of course for me, which I totally get that, but for me, I'm like, Lady, I can find out any information about anyone online within, yeah. you know, a few seconds. A minute, if you're on yeah. so- social media anyway, and I want to know your address, I know your name. I'm like, you know, I can figure out when you bought your house, how much you paid for it, where you work. Right. Who you, so right. I'm not going to say that to her, of course, but yeah, so that didn't concern me. And then, you know, I, we had one mutual Facebook friend who I won't name here you and I, who I thought mm-hmm. would be a good candidate for it, you know, and she responded and she's like, yeah, I thought I did this a few years ago and I didn't get anything back. And of course my, it's my same point. Well, you've got to pick people that you think are going to participate and are also going to pick people who will participate. Now I think, I do think everybody has, I think I have a couple of people who said they were going to do it. And if I look on their Facebook wall, I haven't seen that they've posted it yet. Oh, right. So I might, you know, five books, maybe all I get from it, or there could be some, you know, flurry of activity a little later because they are saying, you know, try to do it within two weeks. Right. I don't even know if it's been two weeks since I've posted, but, um, well, what about you? Did anybody say in your group that they were going to do it? Just two. And- okay. And... 
I had that I gave them the information and then that was the last I heard. Okay. Yeah. So I'd be curious to follow up with those two people or just to see if they've even posted it on their Facebook. I mean, I don't think the instructions are that difficult, but maybe some people just think, oh, this is great. And then when they read the instructions, they're like, oh, I don't want to do it. Like some right. people don't like posting stuff like that on their Facebook wall. Right. I wouldn't do it for books are one of the few things I would do it for. Yeah. Because <laughs> I love books so much. But um <sighs> So anywho, it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. I just wanted to know how it was working. I know. Well, so yeah, so that's it. So for it to work for you, those two people who said they were going to do it, they need to do it and they need to get somebody to do it because the people right. they get to do it are the ones that would be sending you books. Right. So, but like I said, I keep tagging people and posting. So, you oh, know, okay. like, yeah, I put in the comments, I started like actually tagging people. Be like, hey, you want to do this? I don't know. Part right. of it was too, I don't post a lot on Facebook. So I'm not sure how much, you know, my posts are actually even seen by people. Right. There's that too. But there you go. I keep reading though. I keep reading, I keep <laughs> doing it. Uh, yeah, this year so far, this month, well, I've been reading a lot more science fiction than I've ever read in my life. I have oh, started that's cool. this, this very famous author. She's passed away. She's no longer with us, but uh, Octavia E. Butler. I've been reading a bunch name. of her books. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what that says about the state of the world and my mental state, but I want to, you know, read about completely different realities. Yeah, no, I agree with you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, all I'm always adding books <clears throat> to my to my list. I still get uh, books from the Sunday New York Times Book Review, and I think we probably discussed this in previous podcasts, the Libby app, which is this online library app where you can borrow books and read them through your Kindle app or even the oh, Libby yeah. That's caused me to branch out in what I'm reading because I'm willing to be like, oh, maybe I'd like this book and I'll try it out. And if I don't like it, I won't read it. Right. So I've been reading more science fiction and more um, thriller mystery thriller or psychological thriller, which again was not something I typically pick out, you know, if I'm shopping for books. Right, right. So okay. what about you? Well, that's cool. Any, any good reads on your radar right now or future? No, no. Just um just been reading a lot of my um my wine, my one wine Bible. Trying to get uh, through France right now so I can just say it's done and hopefully I'll be done with it by the end of this week and I can move on to Italy. <laughs> nice. Nice. I know we might need to do just a little special, you know, wine segment for for our listeners. Start I've been drinking that. a lot of wine, but I haven't <laughs> uh, but I, I am reading a lot about it, but I haven't been reading any much of anything else. As a matter of fact, I wanted to get to the library uh sooner rather than later so I could have something else to read but then I'm like I have other things I need to watch some tv I need to watch uh I need to catch up on some shows so ah, it's, no, it's, read, it's struggle. Read. I know <laughs> I know I have to do a little bit of everything you know yeah 
the struggle is real. I understand that. Yeah. I have my shows, <clears throat> you know, as backups for when my brain can't focus enough on reading. Right. I do right. That too. You need um, to like zone out thing, for a little while. Yeah. The one thing I don't do anymore though, which is a little surprising is I don't watch movies anymore. Oh. I think the pandemic ruined that for me. Um, that's funny. I don't think I've watched as many either. Um, what are you doing? Are you moving? Yeah, my move. I know I'm shaking my arm. I'm not shaking my fist to you. Oh my God. You're still doing that. It's just so (laughs) annoying. I should really just turn off the notifications because it's well, all right. Maybe in the past hour since we've been on this zoom podcast, you know, I turned off all of those notifications. Maybe I haven't moved. It just bugs me. But uh, yeah, I know. So I don't know. We'll see in 2022 if I make an effort to consume more movies. But I've like never, I just, there's so many movies I haven't heard of any of them. Right. And like I, I was saying before, I don't, I don't think this was a big movie year, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I just... That's right. But, you know, who knows? Things could have been like in the can or post-production, you know, before the pandemic and it just, they delayed releasing them. I think Um, that's a big, that's a big point right there. Well, so we shall see. We shall see. Yeah. But I would say for now, this has been another episode of a Walk in the Park podcast. And it was lovely. It was nice to update ourselves on current events. That's true. That's true. We have a lot going on in the world and yep. every once in a while we talk about a small snippet of it. I'm possibly <laughs> going to go out right now in a, the next hour and play pickleball in nice coldish weather. We'll see if my family is going to bail on me. I think it's going to be 55. So oh, poor bundle you. Up little, <laughs> bundle up a little. Jonathan won't be able to get out of it because he's played tennis in worse weather than this. So if Vivian bails because it's too cold, I'm at least going to make Jonathan play with me. That'll be extra annoying for me because he's too good. But I'll tell him, don't be too good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like to see his face when you tell him, don't be too good. He'll be like, okay, honey. Well, that's fine. He knows how he knows how to not be too good. Like if I'm on one <laughs> side of the court, don't hit it all the way to the other side of the court. Right, right, right. Just to win the point. I'm out there to get some exercise. So if you're well, if then you're, he should be hitting it to the other side of the court. No, you gotta run. I have to get back. <laughs> I want sustained exercise. Well, like fine, but you know, he does all these weird angles and little, you know, dink shots that you know are impossible to get. He knows how, he knows the rules. Oh, we'll okay. see. I'm going to go check with Vivian and still see if she's still on. I got to get out, you know, some nervous energy before the most important game of the year, the 3 p.m. Oh, okay. Buccaneers game. Who are they playing again? I don't want to speak it out loud. Oh. Rams. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I hate right. them so I, much. I, I kind of knew that was coming. Okay. All right. I don't like them because the Bucks did lose to them earlier in the season. Oh, yeah. And Mercury's in retrograde. So Mercury's in retrograde. Surround yourself with all of your crystals. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look it up. Oops, wait. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna have to look up crystals for good luck. There you go. <laughs> Positive <laughs> energy. Positive energy. All right. all right, go Bucks. All right, let's go. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. 